All right. Hey, everybody. I want to welcome you to today's edition of Bible News Radio. As you all know, I am your sweet and lovable host, Stacey Lynn Harp here. What we're going to do today is we're going to ask, we're asking the question, um, how, how close are we to the rapture? Okay, I'm going to tell on myself. Don't, don't judge. I guess you could judge if you want. Feel free to judge. Judge away if you must. Um, I don't know about you, but I don't know. A couple years ago, I was laying in bed at night, one night, as I do every night. And I was there, and I was thinking about dying. <laughs> I don't, does anybody else ever do that? I do all the time because I've had a lot of people die lately in my life. Um, but I was, I had hit 50, I think was the issue. And I was like, wow, I probably have left less of my life now to live than ever because I'm like over 50. I mean, I had hit 50 and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die at some point. And at some point, I'm going to end up meeting God face to face and I started to freak out, just saying. I, I just started to freak out. And I'm like, why are you freaking out? What is wrong with you? You know, kind of smacking myself around a little bit. And I'm like, you know, I know the Lord. <laughs> I'm going to be forever with God. I have no worries here. But that day, I just started freaking out. And and then a couple of days ago, I was, I got up early in the morning. I, I woke up early and I was, I tuned into one of my favorite radio broadcasters. Um, actually, he's not really a radio broadcaster, but he's a, he's a pastor that I like. And I'm listening to his show and his, his sermon and his Bible prophecy update. And at the end of the thing, he starts talking about how he believes that the rapture is going to happen probably within the next year. And I was laying in bed, and I had literally a fight-or-flight reaction. My heart rate probably went to 100. <laughs> like, what the? It literally jumped. It, it, it did. I'm just being honest. I freaked out. I reached over. I touched Randall, and I'm like, okay, good. He's still here. <laughs> and, and all that. And I, Anyway, I talked about it with my therapist late, later. And yeah, I need a therapist. <laughs> Just so you know, I'm in therapy. I, you know, proud of it. I should get the t-shirt. Been there, done that. But um but anyway, she encouraged me. <laughs> she's she's like, "You know what? Um you can't control it. You cannot control when the rapture is going to happen." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I know, I can't control when the rapture is going to happen, but I'm freaking out about it now. And she offered the sage encouragement. Well, they've been say saying this for a long time that, you know, it could happen. And, and the reality is, is yes, they have been saying it for a long time that the rapture could happen. Um, but I actually believe, um, and I believe this, and I know I'm not the only one. I got saved about 1982. And that was right on the heels of that extremely cheesy movie, A Thief in the Night. Okay, that came out in the 70s, I believe. 
And there's a really creepy song in there called, I don't know if it's actually called You've Been Left Behind, but it's it's basically where all those, you know, the, the, the LaHaye books and all that, the Left Behind series was kind of, um, you know, taken from that. And, um, you know, and, and a lot of people in the 70s during the Jesus movement and then the 80s and stuff, um, you know, there was this whole rise uptake of, oh, the rapture is going to take place. Hal Lindsey actually wrote a book. Um, I think it was in around the early 80s. And I, I'm not, I, I haven't looked this up, but I think it was around 83. Hal Lindsey predicted the rapture was going to take place. And then he got bagged on for it because it didn't. And then there's been all these other people who've set dates. And, and you know, obviously when somebody sets a date, you know it's not going to happen that day because they set a date because Jesus said you don't know the day nor the hour. But you will know the times and the seasons when all of these things begin to happen at once. Then you know that the time is near. And so as a Christian, a lot of people have been known to, you know, think of these two words, perhaps today, meaning what? Perhaps today the rapture will take place. So we, we should be ready, right? Because we don't want to be left behind. And then we have the big debate in the church. Are you pre-trib? Are you mid-trib? Are you post-trib? Do you not even care? Um, and a lot of people like to fight theologically over those issues. Just so you know where I'm coming from. I've studied the book of Revelation the church is nowhere mentioned after chapter 3. I think we're gone first before all of the other horrible rotten stuff happens on the earth. That's my particular view, personally. So why do I bring this up? I bring it up because I think right now we're in the world of rapture mania, right? I think if you follow all the prophecy ministries, they're all talking about it. And yeah, I do think it could happen. But I honestly, and I'm being real here, I was really surprised at my reaction to hearing somebody say that the signs are so prominent now that maybe in the next year or so, I'm not predicting it would be the next year or so, but what I will say is that, you know, there is definitely a convergence of things happening. And the way to prepare for the rapture is to make sure that you have a, a relationship with Jesus Christ first. I mean, hello, people, you know. <laughs> Jesus loves you. He was the perfect man who was sinless, and he died for the sins of the whole world. In fact, you know, I want to read you a passage of the Bible just really quick, and I didn't bring this up, Randall, so you don't have to, you don't have to bring this up. But I will say here, um, and then I will read the other passage I gave you. There is this, this famous passage in the Bible um, in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, um, it says this, it says this, it says this. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, who was a ruler of the Jews. And this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and can be born, can he? Now, this is a good question. In the rabbinical law, there were numerous ways to be born again. Nicodemus, being a teacher of the law, understood this, and he had already been born again all the different ways that he had 
known about in the rabbinical law. So him to ask this question was very key, and Jesus understood why he was asking it. So this is what Jesus said. Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from and where it's going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? And Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel? Yeah, Nicodemus wasn't some little peon rabbi. He was the top dude. Okay? And don't understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and testify of what we have seen, and you do not accept our testimony. If I told you earthly things and you don't believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whoever believes will in him have eternal life. Now, that's John three fourteen and 15. Okay? So, note a couple things back up here. Number one, Jesus is telling Nicodemus, hey, he who came down from heaven, you know, who descended, he will be lifted up. So, Jesus came down from heaven via the virgin birth, okay, which we, all, we know that. And as Moses lifted up serpent in the wilderness, that's important because when Moses was lifting up the serpent in the wilderness, those who looked upon that, they were saved from what was happening with the plagues and stuff. So, it was a an allusion to the Old Testament of the cross that the Son of Man be lifted up, whoever believes in him will have eternal life. And then we have John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall, shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world and men love the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. So that's the first step right there. Just like Jesus was sharing about what he had to do with Nicodemus, how he has to be born again, you must be born again. Um, and that is so easy to be born again, everybody. I mean, if you don't know how to be born again, it's, it's, it's very easy. I got to stop touching the microphone because, you know, all you got to do is believe what Jesus said. You know, you believe what he said about himself and, and you will have eternal life. It's not rocket scientists. It's not rocket science. I believed when I was 14 years old. I probably believed earlier than that, but around that time, um, and I believe Jesus is who he said, says he is. And as a Christian, I live my life for him. Um, hopefully. <laughs> 
hopefully that's the goal. Um, you know, he says to do hard stuff. We do it. Um, are we perfect? No, but we know that we have forgiveness of him. So let's go over now to the first Thessalonians uh, chapter four. <clears throat> so the Thessalonian church, um, there was, Paul was writing the letter to the Thessalonians because um, he was exhorting them about how to live and also about the end times. And so beginning in verse 13, um, we read, uh, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep. Those are people that had died so that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, it's interesting because in the Greek here, you know, there's been some debate. Well, is the word rapture in the Bible? Blah, blah. Uh, the word rapture is not in the Bible, okay? But in the Greek, the word, the word here where it says that the, 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 they will be caught up together, it's actually the word harpazo, which means it's snatching away. Um, and, and it's actually a representative of violence snatching away. Um, in the twinkling of an eye, which you can't even, I mean, it's so fast that you're never going to be able to catch it on video. <laughs> Although with all the cameras in the world today, it probably will be caught on video. And it raises the question for the unbeliever. If you're an unbeliever, the question is, what will be the explanation for all of a sudden millions and millions and millions of people being gone? Uh, I believe it will be, they, they will say it was a UFO invasion and that those of us who are taken away, it will be blamed on aliens taking us away. That's called the alien gospel that goes around. Um, I think that that's most probable, especially if you look at science fiction and you see the prevalence of UFOs and aliens in the media and just how the media has saturated um, the world with that idea. And we know from previous episodes, we've, we've talked about how even the Vatican has an ambassador to aliens. And I'm not making that up. You can, you can actually Google that and find news stories about it um, where they believe that they will have contact with aliens um, and they have actual ambassadors. Extraterrestrial aliens. Extraterrestrial, right, which I believe are demonic um, and all that. So what I believe isn't nuts. I don't think it's crazy to believe that God can snatch us out in a second. You know, I mean, less than a second, we're gone. But the question is, what if it does happen in our lifetime? All the signs are there. I mean, every sign that needs to be fulfilled is there for this to happen in our lifetime. Um, unlike previous generations where Israel is the key here, if you look at what's going on with Israel, that is the key because America is being positioned by the Biden administration to turn her back on Israel. 
See, you have to understand the whole world has to turn its back on Israel. I'm part Jewish, by the way. I'm proud of that because I'm part of the, you know, holy people. I got Jewish blood. Not a lot, but still enough to make me Jewish. I have the nose, too, and the hair. Um, But, you know, you don't want to be poking God in the eye. You know, you don't want to be doing that, uh, which is is basically what the Biden administration is doing. Um, But the whole world has to turn against Israel. And ultimately, in the end, the Lord's going to come back. He's going to win when Israel repents as a nation. They're going to come back. But we who are alive and remain are caught up with God. We're going to be with the Lord. And if you've studied the book of Revelation, it is such a cool book. I actually just got done teaching through it and writing a whole Bible study on it for almost a a year. I went through it with some friends I was teaching. And the thing that struck me about, um, (laughs) about Revelation is that when Jesus comes back to fight at Armageddon, All we're doing is watching. We're just sitting there going, wow, look at this. Because it's going to (laughs) be, and the evildoers will be done. After, there's going to be bold judgments. There's going to be all these things happening. You do not want to be here. Let me put it that way. You don't want to be here to live in a world where you're going to be have the seven bowl judgments and you have all these plagues and all this you you don't you don't want to be here trust me on that um the book of revelation is actually very easy to understand if you just read it and there is a special blessing to those who read it but anyway anyway randall do you want to you want to make any comment here because i'm move along need to take a breath (laughs) oh oh move along okay i'll move along then i will move along to um this article here that was written by Terry James, um, he wrote this article. It's called Departure, Disappearance, and Devastation. Um, I don't know if I'm going to read the whole thing, but we'll start it anyway. Because I'm just showing you this because I'm not the only person talking about this. It says here, the grocery store shelves across America, like old Mother Hubbard shelves, are growing increasingly bare. The ships are being kept from entering the harbors to be unloaded on the docks. That's very true. I'll give you an example. I have a bird feeder that I ordered months ago. I don't even remember when I ordered it. I ordered it for my birthday. It's a Kickstarter thingy. It was supposed to be delivered in October. Here it is now, November. And um, I just got an email from the Kickstarter campaign saying that they're still waiting for things from China, and it's probably stuck, you know, in those ships that are not being unloaded. Um, And I might not get my bird feeder until March or April. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This is like, whatever. Did you want to say something? I do. Okay, good. I do. I do. Um, I do, Mr. Harp. uh, Before escaping Southern California... I was a volunteer in a group called uh, Harbor Chaplain Ministries, and basically it was a chaplain for the merchant uh, marines coming into the port of Long Beach there, Southern California. That's where cargo ships came in, you know, hauling all sorts of stuff. Basically everything coming at least from, you know, over the Pacific Ocean to the U.S. was coming there anyway. And so I still keep contact with the Harbor Chapel and what's going on there. And yeah, so this is true. It, it's all under the guise of COVID for the most part. 
So it started with that, rather than having the ships come into port because they could be carrying, you know, the plague, um, the Harbor Patrol people went out to the ships and, you know, examined them basically and made sure everything was cool, you know, for spreading disease before that ship would come to port. Now, normally, you know, ships lined up anyway and, you know, and they've got so many hours or days to unload their cargo because some of them are like just mind-blowingly big mm-hmm. anyway and then but now we've got this extra step of their offshore and someone goes out and it's you know you add you add okay what 30 minutes 45 minutes an hour uh, or two to each ship coming in you multiply that by the hundreds of ships coming in every day 200 hours, that puts them off weeks and months. Now we've got, well, we'll go to the article that gets into the rest. So this, okay. this, this isn't this isn't just um, hype. And, you know, this there's people on the ground that I know that, um, you know, witnessing this stuff. Yeah. Well, and it, it, this is all by design. And I'm going to read you a list in a little while that you're going to, you're just going to go, whoa. And I, and I can tell you, I talk to people. I know a lot of people everywhere, and I hear stuff from various places, and um, yeah. Okay, let's continue, though. It says here, the semi-tractor-trailer trucks are idle because truck drivers refusing the jabs are walking off the job. So what few containers that do get unloaded from the ships aren't moving to the rest of the nation. Workers throughout the country and most every business are refusing to work either because of vaccination demands or because they are given paydays through stimulus madness. By the way, I got to bring this up because I was told this by somebody who knows what they're talking about. Um, and, and I think I can pass this along. Apparently, if you're going to get the vaccine, make sure that... <clears throat> If you get it, make sure that they, they when they put the needle in you and that they pull it out um, and then make sure they put it into muscle, not a vein, because you're more apt to get um, adverse effects if it's in your vein as opposed to the muscle. Now, I don't know if you realize this, but Randall and I are not vaccinated. I have never even been COVID tested. I refuse to do it until I have to absolutely 100% do it for some reason. But, um, but you know, the vaccine is it's highly controversial, and I will say that I'm not getting it, and I don't advocate anybody get it. But anyway, that's your choice. You can do what you want. Anyway, all this, uh, all this is creating production and distribution problems that threaten to totally disrupt society. Prices are rising dramatically, while economic pressures are in process of producing well, the experts aren't sure what, perhaps inflation, stagflation, recession, depression, or even something worse that the world hasn't experienced previously. Gasoline prices are headed towards all-time highs at the pumps in some parts of the country because those ideologues, did I say that right, that see fossil fuels as killing Mother Earth have shut down the previous presidential administration's successful efforts to make the U.S. once again ener- energy independent. Soon, home energy costs will be so high as to possibly endanger some who live with the coldest climates of America. Not looking forward to that. The rest of us will, if the environmental wackos have their way, just have to swelter during the heat of summers. 
rolling blackouts because of shutting down coal-fired power plants and even nuclear power plants have already begun taking place. Soon the entire nation will experience what California and others are going through, making daily life ever more unpleasant. This is the forecast that the dystopian bloggers and podcasters who constantly and consistently prophesy the coming time of unprecedented plunges in living conditions on planet headed on a planet headed for disaster. These predict that the globalist elite are even now in process of destroying this, the most advanced and powerful nation ever to exist. They have used COVID-19 and the vaccine mandate tyranny to bring chaos. They have used political shenanigans and stolen elections at every level to bring about cultural and societal change that is hastening the fall of the nation. By the way, I will tell you, breaking news, last night in Virginia, there was elected a Republican to a new seat and so people are rejoicing over that but you know we're 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 in a spiral downfall here in america anyway says here that fall must take place according to those who observe matters involved in order to bring about the one world utopian existence the global architects envision america is the hold up to progress in the ages long lust to put all the populations of the world under the despotic thumb of a central authoritarian select few. America's greatest enemies, like China and Russia, many fear, are planning invasions of various kinds and are even already implementing some of the cyberspace and other less kinetic forms of warfare. It is just a matter of time until all these outer assaults, along with the internal evil that is undermining America's foundations at every juncture, bring about the collapse of this great republic. Those of us who study Bible prophecy from the pre-trib view see almost exactly the same developments as those who have no particular religious viewpoint. The intent can't be missed as the globalists architects employ their unceasing assaults, particularly on the U.S., but also against all nation states that insist on maintaining sovereign territory within defined borders. We see beyond the fears held by those who have no biblical view, or at least no Bible view, that is based on sound interpretation. We know that God's judgment is coming. It is coming. As a matter of fact, Jesus himself self spoke of previous times much like those we are experiencing he talked about the days of noah and the days of lot as we have mentioned here numerous times we have seen that just as the lord said times now are much like they were in noah's day violence fills the whole earth every thought of mankind seems to be only evil continually today is like the time of lot in sodom we don't have to have an extraordinary amount of insight to understand the strange unnaturalness involved with the LBTQ or whatsoever sexual deviancy pervading present-day culture and society. We are apparently at the very brink of judgment described by Jesus while on the Mount of Olives those two those two thousand something years ago. To those who view all of this from the pre-trib view of Bible prophecy, that Christ will call the church to himself before that judgment falls. The time could well be at hand for fulfillment. The departure, the disappearing of all believers from planet Earth, as given in Second Thessalonians 2.3, when the Lord spoke of the day of the Lord and of the man of sin stepping onto the pages of end times history. Quote, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there 
come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. And I will tell you, unless you're, you don't study this stuff, there has been a massive following, falling away uh, in the church. In the last couple of years in particular, I've noticed there's been, you know, Christian celebrities, Christian whatever, so-called people, People Randall and I know, we went to church with for 30 years, are, are advocating a hellish theology and doctrine and, and, and not believing the word. And it's like chilling. You yeah. know? So of course, you, the falling away here, he speaks a little different in a different sense, this article, but go on. Okay. I will continue to read the article. The falling away in this text it has now been assessed by most all biblical scholars of the pre-trib ilk, speaks of a spatial or physical departure from one place to another. Others still view this falling away as falling away from the faith, belief in Christ, as prerequisite for salvation. Okay, well. Thorough study shows that the translators of Bible texts going back to the 1500s and beyond interpret this as spatial departure rather than as a spiritual defection. Well, that's interesting. I personally believe it could mean both a spatial and a spiritual departure. What follows that departure is the coming on the scene of the Antichrist. We see his foreshadow in every direction on the geopolitical, societal, cultural, and religious landscape of our time. Jesus said that, like in Lot's removal from Sodom, the very day all Christians are removed from earth to the heavenly clouds of glory to be with their Savior and Lord, judgment and seven years of devastation will fall. Jesus said that when we see all of this begin to come to pass, we are to look up and lift our heads. Our redemption is draw will be drawing near. We who know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord can only echo God's own glorious declaration. He which testifies these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Now, I, don't, I I've shared, I start, I opened the show talking about how I freaked out internally when I heard one of my favorite pastors say that this could happen in our lifetime in the next year. Okay. He didn't set a date, but again, this, I have talked to so many believers who got saved in the early 80s who actually thought when they got saved that they would live to see the rapture. Well, there is this plan afoot. There is evil afoot, to use that thing. And there's this thing called the 2030 plan, right? We're in 2021. 2030 is nine years from now. I hold personally that I, if I live to a ripe old age of 80 or 90, my dad lived in 92, I'm 53. So, you know, if I, if I live 20 more years, I'll be 73. I, if I live 30 more years, I'll be 83. So I think in the next 30, if I still, if I'm still alive in 30 years, I think we could see the rapture. I mean, I mean, I actually do think that I could see, that we really could see. If these things continue what they're doing, I think it's very probable. And I have to tell you, as I started the show talking about this, it freaked me out a little bit. I'm not going to lie about it. I, I'm a very devout Christian, and I'm not ashamed of that at all. If anybody knows me, I talk about Jesus wherever I go. Network meetings, uh, some of you are watching in our network meeting. You know, I saw Legal Shield, but I also talk about Jesus a lot because I really believe God's word. Um, Jesus changed my life. He rescued me, and I can't not talk about him. Um, and having studied God's word for so many decades now, I have to tell you that the time is short. 
again, even if the rapture doesn't happen in our lifetime, you're not going to live forever. You know, you could die tomorrow. You could die today. You could die next year. I had a friend from my networking community, 49 years old, die of COVID. I actually personally think he was murdered by the hospital being put on a respirator, but that's just me. Um, I, I still can't believe he's, he's gone. He died a couple months ago. Um, you know, so we don't know the day or the hour that we're going to be called home directly, personally. So we must be ready. And I have an urgency to tell you so, um, to get serious with God. Begin to memorize his word. Um, I can tell you, uh, I've memorized a couple of stanzas of Psalm 119 this year. Psalm 119 is 176 verses. It's a long psalm, but I will tell you that those verses that when I'm overly anxious, which is often, I'm not going to lie about that either, you know, I go back to the word. And there's a verse in Psalm 119 that says, um, establish your word to your servant as that which produces reverence for you. I love that verse. I have it on my fridge. My friend Coach Mo sent me a postcard with it on it. Um, and I put it on my fridge because if you are established in God's word, you will, you will, there, there will be a reverence for God that, that you have that the carnal Christian won't have. Um, carnal Christianity is everywhere. It's all about the flesh. That's what carnal means. It means flesh, fleshly. Um, it's about getting your way. Um, Christianity is about picking up your cross daily and following him. It's, it's not about you. <laughs> I know. I hate that, right? Because we're all, you know, we're all about us. <sighs> but like I shared last hour, Jesus loves us. And like I shared this hour in John 3, go back and read Gospel of John chapter 3. God really loves us. You realize the gift that he gives us is eternal life. You know, there's two main fears most people deal with. The fear of public speaking and the fear of death. Right? You, If you're honest and you go around talking to people, most people are going to say, oh, yeah, I'm terrified to speak in public and I don't want to die. Even, I mean, a lot of believers I know, I don't mind dying because I know where I'm going to go, but I still have a fear, a fear of God, like, you know, because it's like, oh, it's real, it's real, it's real, this is really real, oh my gosh, this is real, real, you know, and yet yesterday I um, shared on my, my personal Facebook page this story, I want to share this with you, it's probably two or three years ago, um, that this happened. Um, I needed a new pair of shoes and my husband did too. And we're not really rolling in the dough at this point. And so we decided I would get a pair of shoes. And I ordered a pair off Amazon. They came. I was irritated. They were day late because, you know, two day shipping. It should have been three. Anyway, it showed up. And, um, and I was shocked because the shoes that I ordered actually fit because I have wide feet. And anyway, I was happy my shoes came. I was irritated they were late. Happy they came. And all that. Well, the next day, I get another box from Amazon with another pair of shoes in there. And I was like, I didn't order this. So I jumped on Amazon and I said, hey, I got this other pair of shoes uh, sent to me. I didn't order these. I want to make sure I'm not being built. Because, <laughs> yes, I'm frugal and I didn't pay for these things. And I, if you guys charge me for these, that was it, you know. 
and the Amazon rep is like, hey, you know, um, uh, no, okay, yeah, just keep the shoes. You weren't charged for them. It was an accident. They were sent to you. I'm like, okay. So I call Randall down, and I say, hey, Randall, come and try these shoes on. These are men's shoes. And they fit him perfect, and he still wears them. You know, why do I share that? Because God knew that Randall needed some new shoes, and we didn't have a lot of excess money to buy new shoes. God knows your shoe size. Uh, God knows the feminine protection that you use. He showed me that with having a always feminine pad coupon sent to me um, from Target, where he ended up connecting me with some people in Iceland who had been praying for a week to meet the president of the Gideons of Orange, which happened to be my husband. God knows you. That's my point. I could share lots more of these stories. But an intimate God, he knows He knows you. He knows He knows when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. <laughs> he knows if you've been bad or good. Yeah, he does. Um, and Psalm 139, you know, is it, it declares that God knew you when you were in your mother's womb. He knew you. He saw your unformed substance before one of your days even came to be. That is the God I love and serve. Not perfectly, but I love him and I serve him and that's who he is. And he knows. He knows you. He knows everything about you. He wants to know you. He wants to have a personal relationship with you that he wants you to come to him so that he can love you and heal you and bring you into eternal life forever and ever. Because the, the alternative to heaven is hell. And hell, according to the word of God, was actually created for the devil and his angels. So the devil and his demons, right? Hell is a real place. And there's an unbiblical theology out there. There's people who say that hell doesn't exist, blah, blah. They're like, hell would, you know, oh, I'm glad hell's there. I'm going to be spending all eternity with my buddies, you know, partying in hell. No, you're not. Just so you know, if, if you end up in hell, it will be because you reject the free gift of God through Jesus Christ and what he has offered you, right? You don't want to mess with your eternity that way. I love you enough to tell you that hell is a real place. It is a very real place. And the Bible talks about how narrow is the way that, that gets to heaven and broad is the way to destruction. And you do not want to go down that broad path. You don't want to go there. And you definitely don't want to be left behind if the rapture takes place in our lifetime, which it could. And maybe it won't either. But... If it does, I'm going to tell you something. Read the book of Revelation. Begin watching prophecy videos on YouTube so you can see what's going to happen because it ain't going to be pretty. If you think COVID-19 is like the most horrible thing that you've ever seen in your life, wait till the seven bold judgments come and real judgment starts coming from heaven during the tribulation period. That... The Bible actually says men will be running and fleeing. They'll be trying to kill themselves, and they can't. Um, you're, it's it's going to be horrible. You don't want to be there. In fact, I want to read you. Um, oh, I find it. There it is. Um, I want to I want to read you. This is from J D. Farag, Pastor J D. Farag. Um, he did a prophecy update on October twenty fourth this year, 2021, and 
it was called Real Talk, and you can actually go to his website, JD Frog. It's jdfarag.org. Um, and he gave 10 points about what is going on. I'm going to read, I mean, 20 points. He gave 20 points about what is actually happening right now. Um, this has all been documented, by the way. This isn't made up. It's not like fear-mongering. This is documented, okay? Documented stuff. I'm not pulling this out of a hat. I'm not pretending anything. But this is documented, just like the Word of God has been documented, right, and verified. So I'm just going to read these points just so you can see in the Randall. If you want to comment on any of these, just shut me up and we'll, we'll do that. So number one is... This will end in the rapture of the church for those who are saved and the seven-year tribulation for those who are not. That's number one. So I would encourage you to get your friends saved. I Share the gospel with your friends. If they don't know Jesus, make sure they know Jesus. Number two, this has always been and will continue to be a man-made bioweapon that was engineered as chemical warfare. Uh, we know this for a fact that China did this. Um, that is not made up. It is a fact. We know this. It's documented. With the help of the U.S. Right. Number three, this is a satanic agenda behind a global genocide under the banner of population control or controlling the population. Now, if you know anything about Bill Gates and the World Health Organization and all that, this stuff is documented. They want to reduce the world's population. Why? So they can control it. The fewer people that you have, the easier it is to control. What better way, right, than to do this? So number four, this so-called vaccine was not made for what we know as COVID-19. COVID-19 was made for this so-called vaccine. And that has also been well documented as well. Um, you just have to look at the places where they're not, they don't want you to look. Number five, five, this so-called vaccine is causing the deaths of untold tens of thousands of people and it's injuring countless more. If I had another hour or two, I could talk to you about friends of mine who have been injured by this vaccine. I could talk to you about friends of mine who've died from this vaccine. Um, so, I mean, and that's, I mean, those are personal, right? Number six, this demonic deception to, quote, vaccinate, unquote, the entire population will ultimately connect the entire world to a digital system. This is also true, and it's been documented. Um, number seven, this system will be connected vis-a-vis -a, -vis a biometric ID using blockchain technology as a verification of vaccination. Now, what's interesting to me about this is that every time I'm on YouTube, I, let's say I'm watching a video on narcissistic abuse, the commercials that keep coming up for me are all about blockchain technology. All about it. It drives me crazy. I'm like, what the heck does this have to do with narcissism? It has nothing. You should, you should be like giving me a commercial for something else. Um, but uh, blockchain technology. Um, number eight, this verification of vaccination in concert with One's compliance will determine their social credit score to buy and sell. Yep. Number nine, this social credit score system will determine what you have access to, specifically a supply of goods and services. See, this actually will be tied into your biometrics, 
and you won't be able to go in. You won't, you won't be able to have anybody else buy and sell anything for you. You have to get it yourself. Um, it's extremely demonic and controlling. Ten, this demand for basic goods and services will come by way of a disrupted supply chain, which is happening now. Randall just talked about that, and it's true. Number 11, this disrupted supply chain is deliberate in order that the controlled demolition of the global economy is complete. Number 12, the completed controlled demolition of the global economy will bring about the WEF Fourth Industrial Revolution. I'm not sure what the WEF stands for. World World Economic Economic Forum. Forum. Okay. Number 13, this fourth industrial revolution, a.k.a. the Great Reset, will mean that no one will own anything and be happy. Number 14, this Great Reset is a great delusion which will ultimately take place when it is fulfilled in the Great Tribulation. Number 15, this Great Tribulation will be a time of unspeakable horror as prophesied in the book of Revelation chapter 6 through 19. And like I said, you know, I've, I studied and I taught the book of Revelation for a year. Um, and I didn't even, when I taught that book, I didn't even do any of the geopolitical and all these things, you know, comparing it to Daniel and all the countries. I literally just went through the book of Revelation, literally, and wrote questions and talked about it and learned a ton just doing it that way. Um, chapter six, uh, number 16, this unspeakable horror will include the beheading of those refusing the mark, the image, and worship of the beast. And if you don't think beheading believers is going to happen, you're wrong. It's already happening. It's been happening for decades. Um, I covered Christian persecution uh, for many years, and um, it's, it's happening. I've seen pictures, and it's disgusting, and it's... Yeah, it's happening. Number 17, this yet future mark of the beast, image of the beast, and worship of the beast will doom those who do for eternity, which is not cool, but can't say you've been warned. Number 18, this mark, image, and worship is now in place technologically and at, and at the ready to be executed via Agenda 2030. Now, if you don't know about Agenda 2030, Google it. And look it up, because you'll, you'll be able to see that in there. Uh, number Hiding 19. in plain sight. Yeah, number 19. This Agenda 2030 goal is to transform the world with reduced inequality and sustainable cities and communities. And then number 20. This brave new transformed world will end in seven years, at which time the world will see the second coming of Christ. And during that seven-year period, there will be, and it's not mentioned in here, but there will be... The Antichrist, who's there, he's going to come to power. There's going to be three and a half years of peace, and then he's going to break his treaty with Israel and all of that. And as, you know, even more, quote, hell will break loose. Um, This isn't made up. This stuff is documented. Um, It's legit. Um, And it should cause you to worship God and fear him and get right with God if you're a believer And to also, if you're not a believer, it should cause you to want to come to Christ because you do not want to live in a world that is going to go through this. You know? All right, bareface. 
just to add here, you know, we think about, we might look at all this going down with governments and all that. Agenda 2030 used to be Agenda 2020. The United Nations, you know, committees came with this. Of course, it's 2021 now, so the amended to 2030 but it all talks about in order to save the planet you know the whole climate control we need to reduce population we need to put everybody high density housing and preserve these spaces and anyway it goes on and on and and it's clear that this stuff is being uh, you know played out yeah and anyway so you you think about this and you'll happen well the at the united nations level what can we do you know there's voter fraud there's there's you know there's all kinds of things going on we're not being represented if you live in another country certainly not being represented in you know in the cases of government and and we just might feel so powerless well you we have this idea that we should like go above them if someone isn't listening to you go above them well who who's above the united nations who's above the the kings and the presidents and the prime ministers of the earth it's the lord god almighty uh, the creator of heaven and earth he's above them he's the king of kings the lord of lords he's above them all so if you feel powerless about what's going on then get yourself in right relationship with the one who is above all go above their heads to to god anyway yeah. that's my two cents well and not only that but i mean look we live in days like like the days of Noah and Lot. And I pulled this story, and I saw this the other day on um, Twitter. Somebody had tweeted the story, and one of my girlfriends this morning brought it up to me um, in our Bible reading accountability group um, about this um, teacher who took children to a gay bar, okay? Now, I don't know about you, but number one, no teacher should be taking children off campus to go to any bar, whether it's a gay bar or a heterosexual bar. But um, there is an article on the Floridian Press, because it happened in Florida. It says here, DeSantis to investigate Broward School Board member taking kids to gay bar. Were parents told about this trip? It says here, the DeSantis administration has dispatched an investigator to look into whether they will find file a possible complaint against the Broward County School Board and school board member Sarah Lenardi and school teachers who took a group of elementary school teachers to a gay bar in Wilton Manors, Florida. Okay. The Florida Department of Education is aware of the situation in Broward County We have an investigator going down there tomorrow to determine if there is a legally sufficient complaint, said Jared Oaches or something like that, Director of Communications and External Affairs for the Florida Department of Education. Um, Sarah Leonardi, who is a former high school teacher and a parent progressive activist, tweeted images of the school children at the famed Rosie's Gay Bard, and here you can see the tweet, Uh, she wrote, uh, I was so honored to be invited to chaperone at Wilton Manor's ES's field trip to the incredible Rosie's. The students and I had a fun walk over and learned a lot about our community. A huge thank you to Rosie's BNG for hosting this special field trip every year. Um, Our one parent... I know, right? One parent who wished to be kept anonymous for fear of a woke retribution 
says she was disgusted by the images and accused Lenardi of trying to indoctrinate children with LGBTQ ideology. Coincidence. I was, I, I was so honored to be invited to chaperone. Well, anyway, I just read that. So, you know, look. This is what I, I, I'm very concerned about as a, as a middle-aged woman old enough to have grandchildren. Many of you in this audience of ours have grandchildren. You have children who are in their 20s and 30s, and you have grandchildren. This is the world your grandchildren are being raised in. Um, we are living in a day where it is virtually impossible, and I'm not being overly dramatic here, it is virtually impossible to protect children from evil and wickedness in this world, um, especially if you're putting your kid in a public school. And I have some good friends that teach in public schools, and they're there as salt and light. I love them to death because they're going where a lot of Christians won't go. Um, they're, they're going. They're being missionaries in these places, whether or not they're out and out, you know, whatever. Um, but this is the world. You think the world was like crazy during your teenage years or in your 20s. This is out and out deviant behavior and people getting away with things and trying things and, and wanting to do things that it's just wretched, you know. Um, and so if you want a prayer thing, you want something to pray about, pray for the children of the world. Um, so many of them are raised in abusive homes. So many of them are poor. They're in poverty. So many of them are being sexually abused and they're involved in sex trafficking because they got scumbag parents and crap like that going on. Um, kids, the devil hates children. You know, he hates them. He hates every human being because we all have the image of Christ bore on us, you know. Uh, and so here's the thing. If you are a Bible-believing Christian, do whatever you can to get involved in making disciples, especially children, because they might not have anybody else in their life actually do that. The Bible is going to be banned. It will, it's going to be banned. I'm, I'm just calling that out here right now. I don't know who will ban it or when it will be banned, but what I will tell you is it will be banned. The, the Bible apps already in China are being taken off, um, the, you know, phones and stuff. Um, and there's a massive underground church in China. And it's, I was telling somebody, I probably already said it on here, but, you know, if the rapture takes place, China's going down because there's a whole bunch of people in China that are saved, um, you know, so these, these evildoers won't get away with everything that they hope to get away with, but the reality is, is, is that the Bible is God's handbook for life, and we need to all start taking what it says seriously, and stop playing church, stop getting offended about, about things, I'm trying not to swear, <laughs> I've been trying to, you know, <laughs> God's like, don't say that. And I'm like, okay, I won't say I'm not going to say that. But, you know, stop getting offended by things that don't matter. And this is an exhortation to some of you who don't go to a local church. My exhortation to you is you better find local believers in your area. Not because of, you know, the internet being shut off. I don't think that's ever going to happen. 
because they need the internet to control the whole world and to connect us all. So I don't think that's going to happen. But you need local people to you that can help you in those critical times. If you're, all your relationships are online, you need to knock that off and get offline and get some friendships going, you know, in person. Because those people in your community and your church, they will be able to help you when things get tough. And they are going to get tough. Um, nobody wants to, 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 I mean, let's keep our head in the sand like an ostrich, you know. Um, no, it, it's going to get tough. It's already getting tough. There's another article. I'm not going to read it, but I will tweet it out. Um, and it's titled, America Will See Consequences of Its Self-Inflicted Wound in 2022. Um, you know, America has flipped God off for decades. America has been the number one purveyor of pornography in the world. We have promoted immorality, pornography, uh, you know, the deviance that God hates. We have been the people that God, you know, I mean, that we've promoted all over the world. You think that God doesn't turn a blind eye to that? Have you read the book of Jeremiah lately? Uh, by the way, that's just another plug. If you go over to our hearttug.org website, um, my my blogs about Jer- the book of Jeremiah are going to be up there. We just set up a blog for that page. You can go over there and read uh, the one I have. I'll put up another one today. But, but, you know, I was reading this morning in Jeremiah about how God gave this particular king the mandate to, you know, and Israel's people to, you know, to set the slaves free after six years. They go free on the seventh year. And they went ahead and they did, but then they turned around. They're like, no, we're going to put you back into slavery. <laughs> and you know what God did? God noticed it, and God basically said, here is your payment for doing that. And it isn't good, right? People don't think that God is going to repay sin and evil, but I'm, I'm, if you don't read the Bible, you, you don't believe that. But if you actually read the Bible, the whole thing, you know, not just p- be verses out of context, if you actually read the whole thing, there is a massive judgment coming down from a holy God on an unrepentant, wicked mankind. It's going to happen. Um, God is holy, and he wants us to live as holy, set-apart people. And, you know, to take seriously what he tells us to. If you do what he says, you will be blessed. If you don't do what he says, you're going to be cursed, plain and simple. Um, you know, and those are fighting words. Yeah, well, they might be, but it's God's word. And you know what? I didn't write it. I'm just telling you what it says. So, again, you know, my point here is that the rapture can happen in our lifetime. I believe that. If it scares you, then maybe it will scare you into a closer walk with God if you're already a believer. If it doesn't scare you, maybe you need to get scared because if you don't have any idea what's coming, uh, it should scare you. You know, this life, life isn't about all the stuff you get, okay? I watched my dad die in January, and you know what he took with him when he died? Nothing. Everything he had in life for 92 years, I got, which wasn't a lot, by the way. But he left nothing except his dead corpse, his body, which I happen to have ashes of. And I look at that often. I look at my dad's ashes. I hold the little 
urn I have of some of his ashes because I buried most of him in the cemetery. But I kept part of him. I probably, it's his heart probably I got left with. But I look at that and I go, you know what? As I told a friend of mine, this is finality of this life, people. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. If you don't die a natural death here, um, the rapture could take place. You can be taken. You can you can either be taken or left behind. Um, my hope and my desire is that you are not left behind, um, and there's no excuse except for your hardness of heart if you are. <sighs> so, um, you know. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, this isn't a feel-good show, but what I will say is that your life will change forever if you follow Jesus, just so you know. So I'm going to leave you with that. Next week, I have Joe Dallas coming on the show. We're going to talk to him for part of the show. Just sign up for our email list over at BibleNewsRadio.com. Just go to HeartTug.org, though, because the URL for Bible News Radio isn't flipping over. Go to HeartTug.org. Go over there, sign up for my email list, sign up for our text message list, get involved in some of our Bible studies, my Bible reading accountability group. And if you need therapy, let me know. I, I can help you with that too. And if you like what we do, please donate to it to help us spread the message further. Because our goal here again is reaching the hearts of people one verse at a time. And I got to tell you again, if you're a believer, be bold. There's no better time than now to be bold in your faith because lots of people need hope. Be bold, stand up, and go with God because he loves you. Don't ever forget that. Everything Jesus did was because he loves us. Not because he hates us, but because he loves us. So accept the free gift of eternal life um, because he paid for it. And it's yours for the asking. 